0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slasher, a delusional look into the art of horror and all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Adrian,
1: And I'm Stormy. And
0: welcome to November. Woo! We've made it, everybody. We're out of calendar spooky season. It's spooky season all year for me, always, but we're now moving into depression season for sure.
1: <laughs> that is all year for me, baby. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> November is always, like, I don't know. It's just kind of there,
1: you know? It's the middle point. So, like, there's October, the excitement of, of October, mm-hmm. and then there's Christmas. And then, like, there's just, like, a month of, like, nothing except for, like, one day where we celebrate massacre of fucking Native people and eat a bunch of food, and then that's it.
0: Mm-hmm. we get to celebrate uh we get to celebrate colonization for a day out of the month so that's you know american right. through and through i don't mm-hmm. know and both of my parents have a birthday in november so i just don't know if there's like trauma my mom's birthday it. too <laughs> so i have no idea there's just it's a lot of like we're crazy th- energy
1: uh, we're in the thick of fucking scorpio season that's why oh nice. coming up on it at least
0: oh how have i never put that together literally scorpio and sagittarius season are like those chaotic energies are what is like leading November. So maybe that's why it's always felt like really off to me, but we are going to have it be, I don't know. <laughs> we're going to enjoy it.
1: We're going to enjoy November.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to try our best to enjoy it because this month we're tackling found footage, which I'm really excited about. I found footage is like one of those uh, genres of horror that I i feel like I didn't appreciate it for a good amount of time i think i'm coming around to it i can probably attribute it to host i think host really kind of helped i think had me like appreciate what found footage could really be and kind mm-hmm. of gone back now or and now i've kind of gone back and like have watched other found footage films that i've seen before or have now allowed myself to watch other found footage films that i never would have thought i'd watch, like today's um movie but because host really kind of helped change my viewpoint of it. So I'm really excited to get into this month. There's so much um like hidden gems I feel like you uh, can find in found footage. So I'm excited.
1: I, f- I feel like I'm on the same page, honestly. Like I've never really cared for found footage. So I'm hoping that this month will spark something within me. I really did enjoy Host. It was a new take on like found footage for sure. Not as shaky. <laughs> um, But yeah, I- I'm interested to see where we're going with it. These, I think like two, three, like three of the watches that we have this month. I've never seen before. So
0: yeah, I think same. Yeah, pretty much. I remember we had tried to watch the taking. Well, we did, I will be honest. We did watch the taking of Deborah Logan. I think it's up on our slasher Reacts on Instagram. I think but so. I was high when we did that. And on top of that, like I was like disassociating, out of body, like I wasn't paying attention to what was happening on the screen at all. Mm-hmm. And being high didn't really help because, like, we were live on Instagram. And so my brain was, like, not functioning properly. So I kept staring at myself and, like, having crazy, you know, dives into the abyss of my.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Disassociating so fast. Yeah.
0: So I don't remember anything about it. So pretty much three fresh new takes this month for us, including this movie.
1: Also, while we're on the subject of, like, our Sasha Reacts, like, let us know if y'all are interested in us bringing that back. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we have fun either way. So I don't really, I don't want to say I don't really care what you think. <laughs> but I don't know. if I don't want to do it if y'all aren't having fun too. So I think the thing
0: with us is like, well, first off, we live in two different areas, two different time zones. But on top mm-hmm. of that, like, we do everything so late. We record these episodes late. We do everything late. So, like, coming on and hopping on an Instagram at, like, 9 p.m eastern standard time people are probably like just whatever rolling their eyes at us so i think we kind of just felt like we weren't in the right space to do it but i'd love mm-hmm. doing it i love doing the live reactions and i would love to do them again sometime soon
1: me too getting cozy with some popcorn
0: yeah watching a movie Yes. Uh, well, let's kind of do like a like a brief background on found footage, just because it's been something that's been around for quite some time. Truly uh, found footage itself is obviously like a subgenre, a film that focuses on like its presentation being I guess on a delivered or showing that's like discovered film or video recordings that are meant to add like a realistic effect to the plot. Uh, The technique is a style of film that's been used in many different genres, but horror definitely, uh, of course, has kind of taken the cake. Um, Horror filmmakers are really taking the most creative liberties with found footage, and I think found footage itself thrives in the horror genre. Uh, many people, of course, kind of credit the 1980 horror film Cannibal Holocaust uh, as being one of the first films to really kind of be an example of found footage I have never seen Cannibal Holocaust. I don't have the desire to watch Cannibal Holocaust. Um, don't let that guy on TikTok hear about it, though, because we'll get shut down because he, you know,
1: you're not a true horror fan. <laughs>
0: first off okay not to side note i was so annoyed the fact that okay first off definitely understand the the argument of like let's not get, keep horror but at the mm-hmm. same time i was like why are we like giving this white man attention like it's just the most boring basic shit that white straight people are, straight men i will say are just like constantly saying about horror they're constantly acting like horror isn't scary like straight white people have been like or, <laughs> oh my god the people straight white men have been like this honestly for as long as i can remember like they always have the same bullshit opinion on horror <laughs> <laughs> so, I like- so
1: he is just being a complete douchebag gatekeeping which horror the horror community is terrible about gatekeeping anyways we have found some wonderful people but like the most gatekeeping people exist on this platform but um literally that white man he <laughs> he has a picture of the, red de- the lipstick demon from Insidious, but he calls it The Conjuring. So, like, how big of a horror fan are you, sir?
0: <laughs> right. I annoying, mean, truly annoying. I, like, maybe watched for, like, 10 seconds, and as soon as I just heard, like, the cadence in his voice and, like, I could tell how he was going to deliver it, I clicked off. Because, again, like, this kind of, like, nonsense is something that you've... I mean, especially in horror, like, it has just always been so prominent. Straight men are always getting... And just not in horror, but in general, like, they get the biggest platform to express their opinions always. Mm-hmm. And they have always kind of run rampant with horror in the exact same manner. Like, if it doesn't terrify you completely, then it's just not a good movie, which is stupid. Again, horror is subjective. Everybody has dragged him through the my left and right, so I don't want to give him too much energy. Uh, but next time that a straight white man pops up talking about his horror opinions, let's just ignore him, because I just I didn't to see him so much on my timeline. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, anyways, Cannibal Holocaust is one of the first films that people really attribute to like being found footage. But obviously, The Blair Witch Project in 1999 really kind of set the standard for what you can come to expect a found footage film to be. Uh, so with found footage, I mean, it can be successful when it's handled well. As the low-budget like creativity that comes with it, it kind of harkens back to some of the early horror classics, Halloween, Black Christmas, which were low-budget, but were able to present something that was really cool and creative and scary. Um, so found footage definitely has like that that spark in it. It has like that, like the horror origins of just low budget bullshit is something that can be very enticing, but it can also be a disaster. I mean, with the style of filmmaking, we've seen so many tropes that have appeared. Uh, we've seen so many things that really have kind of put viewers off as well, just because it can become really, really repetitive. I know people like to make fun of the slasher genre. Um, being like something that's you know schlocky and over the top and campy and stupid because the tropes like are so apparent but i feel like that footage felt like that to me for like the longest time it felt like those tropes and like the glitches and the crazy camera angles and i mean i don't know it just felt like silly to me for the longest time
1: Mm -hmm. it feels like so in scooby-doo zombie island with fred carrying around that big ass camera That's what I feel like most found footage is. That's the energy they give me. It was like just Fred running around like lost in the world.
0: Right. It's, it's really funny. And we talked about it a little bit last week uh, when we discussed hell house, we talked about it a little bit then where I feel like with, uh, with found footage, I mean, it has come around to me. You know what I'm saying? I really enjoy hell house. Uh, I really enjoy the creep films. Like I'm so excited to talk about them this month. Um, but overall, I I feel myself coming, coming around to the subgenre. I really enjoy a lot of what it can bring. Um, but this movie definitely is not it.
1: It's very rare that I want to turn a movie off because I, even if something gets spoiled for me, I want to finish it. Like, that's just who I am. Even if I know the movie's shitty like, okay, so, for example, the newest season of You, so fucking boring, but I watched all 10 fucking episodes, 10 hours of my life, because I needed to see it through. And this movie, how many times, Adrian and I watched it together, um, and there was multiple times where I was like, I, <laughs> I'm bored. Can we take this out? Like, can we watch <laughs> something else?
0: Girl, like, we're going to get into it, because... There's just so much about this movie that I would like to discuss. Um, Nothing like crazy or major, not that we, uh, you know, ever try to take ourselves too seriously with our discussions, but like, there's just so much to dissect in a bad way. (laughs) Like, it's just like, (laughs) it's just like not interesting to me, but we'll definitely get into it. But let's definitely have a quick break and talk about what's been spooking you. So have you been able to watch anything this week since Halloween's ended and kind of wrapped up?
1: Yeah, I actually wrote down <laughs> what I've been watching because be I always I'm always like uh no but I have just but I just don't remember what I watching. <laughs> so I watched He's Out There, which <gasps> is um streaming on Prime. Yes. Um, it was interesting. I'm not really sure that I understand like the whole premise. Um because like I can't really tell if like the antagonist or the pre- yeah, the antagonist is, like, supernatural. I'm not really sure what's going on there. <laughs> but, I mean, I wasn't bored. It was a good time.
0: Interesting. Okay. I've been
1: wanting to watch that one, so. I feel like we've watched work. Oh, I know we've watched worse because we watched <laughs> this movie. <laughs> okay. Um, Then I watched Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which Ooh. was my first viewing. Oh, How did you like it? Uh, she's cute. I remember reading those books or that book, very often when I was younger. Yeah, same. Um, so it's really cool to see it, like, on the, bank screen. the, the big screen. The big chunk.
0: Yeah, what is... Uh, I forget what she's called as well, but... I
1: don't remember, but she's terrifying. So scary. I would instantly... There would be two movements, a bowel movement and a physical movement, because <laughs> I'd be shitting and running.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's so scary. But, I mean... Oh, my goodness. The jingling man is also so scary to me in that movie. Mm-hmm. Just the way he moves is so uncomfortable. I
1: don't like it. And scary.
0: I mean, not scary. The scarecrow is also <laughs> scary, terrifying. That entire scene is so scary. I love that movie. I really do enjoy the Scary Stories of and Dark. I know a lot of people were kind of meh when it came out, but I really enjoyed it. I wasn't, like, blown away. But the visuals and what they bring is great.
1: Yeah, it's not, like, revolutionary, but it's a good time.
0: Yeah, for sure. definitely. I mean, obviously any type of horror for kids is mm-hmm. going to be something that I really enjoy because it definitely brings me back to, you know, watching those awful Goosebumps episodes and thinking they were the most terrifying thing in the world. I'm watching them now and be like, oh, those were disgustingly bad. Uh, but like something like this is like, I feel like it's like the perfect way to introduce children or like young audiences into the horror genre, which we need. Obviously, we've got to keep the horror the horror genre thriving. So I love Scary Tories that's Tell in the Dark.
1: Good stuff. And then I rewatched Prom Night 1980 um, purely for the van scene. Uh, If y'all want to hear us talk all about it, please go back to our Prom Night episode because she's a hoot and holler.
0: Episode 5. Our fifth episode ever. Oh my
1: god, that long? Uh
0: Uh-huh. Episode 5 is our Prom Night episode, which is crazy. Maybe? Or was it? I'm pretty sure it's episode 5. But yeah.
1: Good times. She's fun. Good times.
0: I love it.
1: But that's that's pretty much all that I watched this month and this week.
0: So for me, I watched during Halloween and like Halloween weekend, I watched what well, I would consider it to be like my favorite Halloween trilogy—that might change now after rewatching it—but for the longest uh, for the longest time, I considered the first Halloween, the second Halloween, and H two O to be like my perfect trilogy because there's so many different canons here in the Halloween series mm-hmm. um, or in the Halloween franchise. But I rewatched those three movies for the Halloween weekend, and. I don't know if it, I could say it's, like, my favorite trilogy now. I really, 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 really still enjoyed the uh, original. I watched it while high for the first time, and, mm-hmm. like, that sent me. Like, I, I have seen Halloween so many times that, you know, for the last God who knows how many years. Like, I watched it. It's been great. It's always consistent, but I've always been like, you know, I've seen it a million times, but I watched it high for the first time and, like, everything felt like a new experience. Like, I was <laughs> noticing every little thing. Everything just felt like so much more grand and I just, I I fell in love with the movie again. Um, Halloween 2 is still a really, really solid sequel. Um, has some really fun deaths. Michael Myers walking around in a hospital is always a good time. Uh mm-hmm the mask is awful in that movie it's really bad um i still thoroughly enjoy it and also jamie lee's hair in both of those movies is flip-flopping girl there was a time there was a moment in the first movie when michael comes into the house uh and attacks her like for the first time and her hair literally is swapping one angle or like one moment it's like kind of like wavy and then the next frame that she's in it's a completely straightened. so i was like they the 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 continuity errors are present, but, uh, you know, it's perfectly fine. I do laugh in the second movie, though, that she was just, like, almost murdered by Michael Myers, but she wakes up in the hospital looking beautiful and perfect, and her hair's perfectly (laughs) done, and I'm like, okay. But beyond that, I enjoyed those two movies um but h2o i watched it again for the first time in i don't know how long and i think it's kind of fallen pretty pretty far for me in like the ranking i used to love it so much i really still love that ending i wish the ending would have just been the end of all of it just kidding but um i don't know it was okay um there's a lot about it that i don't care for now and the mask is bad i swear michael looks like a fool this entire movie but yeah it's okay some of it's kind of random i mean the setting used to be like really cool to me but like in re-watching it i was like it's kind of silly that we're just kind of hearing this abandoned like school setting the entire time i don't know it didn't hit like i remember it hitting so i don't know if it's like my favorite trilogy now in the halloween franchise
1: mm-hmm. but
0: still classic still enjoy every single one of them so it is what it is but that's all i watched over the halloween weekend
1: there you go i mean i feel like that's still notable
0: Again, my opinion changes like the wind. So we'll see, maybe I'll <laughs> maybe I'll love H2O again in a year, but like it's definitely fallen down my rankings. I honestly might even be like kind of with Halloween Kills because like I just, I didn't get anything out of it. Like I thought mm-hmm. I would, um, so I don't know, but we'll see after we watch them all again sometime. I definitely want to try to the Rob Zombie films again. If Halloween Kills has done anything, uh, like I said, in our discussion about it, like now I just want to watch the rest of the Halloween movies. Um, so I want to watch the Halloween or the Rob Zombie versions again because I just want to see if my opinion has changed on them at all because Halloween Kills was like such a pretty clean blockbuster and like I was bored kind of so yeah. I didn't want to go back and just see maybe I missed some things beforehand because again my opinion changes every single day so I just want to see yes you will see okay well you know what let's go ahead and get into our first on footage film of the month um there's a lot to say without saying anything so let's go ahead and just get into vhs hey everybody so if you're enjoying the podcast so far definitely look into giving us a rating it would be really really beneficial we're open to ideas and feedback it really goes a long way so go ahead and look into giving us a rating again we're on apple spotify Podbean, and many more places But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. All righty, we are back. And today we are discussing VHS, originally released on September 6th, 2012, was not able to find any budget information on this film, but it did have a worldwide gross of about $1.9 million. It has a runtime of one hour and 56 minutes, which I definitely feel like hurts it in the long run, but we'll get into it. Oh my God. Um, And it has like a a smorgasbord of... (laughs) directors here, girl, which makes sense. It's like an anthology. Uh, But we have the filmmaking collective known as Radio Silence. We have David Bruckner. We have Flynn McQuaid. We have Joe Swanberg. We have Ty West and Adam Wingard. Let me tell you, when I saw, because again, I've never seen VHS. um, And I have only heard Good things about it i haven't heard anything bad about it i've heard bad things about the sequels that have followed but i have have always heard that this first one was like the most raw the most scary the most unsettling and that's just what i kind of took and ran with for i don't know how long has it been out now for almost 10 years like that's just what my opinion about the film was like oh it's so scary i don't feel like watching it and then <laughs> looking at this list of directors i was also completely taken aback uh, because some of these directors are like iconic some of their recent work is like fantastic. David Bruckner for example directed The Ritual in 2017 which is one Ooh. of my f- favorite films. He also just recently directed The Nighthouse which I purchased. I haven't watched it yet, but I heard it's a fantastic movie. And then we have Matt uh Opland, Oakland, who of course uh was able to direct Ready or Not. And he's also directing Scream 2022. So these directors are well-known in the horror genre. They have gone on to do amazing things within the genre. So kind of coming back to this, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be their early work. It's going to be something really scary, really raw. It's found footage. Who knows what I'm going to see? Bitch, I was bored. Bitch, excitement where?
1: I was about to be like, what happened? Because... Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like you said, these are all very notable people. Well, not all of them, but a good portion of them are very notable directors and like, they have potential, but she just wasn't in the budget or what?
0: Yeah. Maybe that's it. Like there's potential here. You know, some of these stories and some of these segments have potential. I just feel like they don't it comes down to the execution. I don't think they're executed well. I think a lot of them feel really long. They feel really drawn out. The acting obviously is not intriguing enough to keep me interested in the story. And by the time the end comes, where like it's like the big scare, I'm bored. I'm not invested in these people. They don't interest me. Everything's dragging out and it just doesn't feel fulfilling. I feel very underwhelmed with the movie altogether. but like you said, like definitely some potential there. I mean, each one of these segments definitely feels like each director trying to like showcase themselves in a different way, which I mean, what an anthology is for. Like that's what it's there for, for these directors to be able to be a part of something um, that creates something bigger and it can work out in magnificent uh, magnificent ways. But in this regard, it just didn't, It didn't feel good. <laughs> like it didn't feel interesting. It didn't feel like, something I would want to come back to ever again,
1: to be honest. The pacing is foul. I remember we, I think one of us got an ad break. (laughs) One of many. Um, But like, I remember being like, how much is left? And you were like 56 minutes. I'm like, there's no fucking way there's (laughs) 56 minutes left in this movie. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know if I like said it out loud, but I contemplated being like, I'm done for the night.
0: Oh, every single time a segment ended, I was like, should I just call it? (laughs)
1: Yeah, it was pretty bad. And I can watch some bad movies, like stupid as fuck movies Hmm. and like enjoy them. But just I could I only enjoy I truly enjoyed one one story. And even then, it's not like I never want to see it again. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Like,
1: uh, this is, it's rough. And, like, I've heard so much, like, press, good reviews about, like, the most recent, like, addition to the series. So
0: good. So good.
1: So, like, what happened? Yeah. Like, are, like, the middle, the ones in the middle, like, worth our time? Right. (laughs) 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 I don't know. Like, I'm and I'm sure there are different directors. I'm sure there's different people being showcased and their skills and, like, obviously the budget's probably a little bit bigger Mm -hmm. as we go on, but, like,
0: girl, she's rough. Rough. So rough. No, Okay, you know what? Looking at this then, and, well, first and foremost, I watched VHS 94 before I watched this one, and I don't know if that really, like, tainted my opinion of this movie in any way because that movie is so good like the segments they just feel so unique and they each feel different and they each have uh interesting angles and acting and scares that are being presented in I don't know it's exciting and interesting ways and then we come back to this movie where everything although it's all different they're all different stories it all still feels kind of relative to one another everybody's awful every single character is awful like we're I feel like we are supposed to hate every single person at least one person in each story is like an insufferable person it's a bunch of ignorant men it's a bunch of you know zoom in on tits and ass and like it feels like it's which is crazy that it's it's different directors because it just feels like it's all coming from the same brain and it doesn't feel Interesting. And when I'm watching an anthology film, I go into it wanting to see the difference in creativity and I want to see different stories and I want to see different things presented in unique and interesting ways because... That's what I expect with an anthology. And sometimes they can work in a cohesive way where they're all kind of tied together and they feel very similar and they present something that's really solid, like trick-or-treat, where everything feels like it's put together. Um, And all the stories, although different, seem similar in style and nature. I mean, it's the same director, so that's probably why. But sometimes that can still work. And this one feels like it's a mess because it feels like it wants to be like, something that's cohesive but also presenting different stories and it just it just doesn't work for me.
1: Like even the one thing that ties the entire film together which is like the mission that these people are on to get these videotapes together, like even that feels disconnected. Right. Like I, we there's the guy that like keeps popping in and out of the chair that like never really gets addressed.
0: He pops up at the end and kills them. But, but like,
1: I don't, there was, I feel like there was a lot of mispotential with that. Right. It just, it all feels very disconnected. And like you said, like anthology films, like obviously they're not a hundred percent tied together. Right. Um, but there's usually like at least some details that carry them along or at least right. the middle, the the driving force for the movie makes sense, but none of it makes sense. Right it's rough
0: <laughs> it 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 just yeah it's rough and i think another issue that i really have with it um is its predictability i uh, i mean i don't know and again like going into horror movies i mean tropes are well known obviously i enjoy tropes in a horror movies i love when a person falls while running because mm. it's hilarious um But like when I'm going into a movie and like the scares and even like the line delivery at times, like when it's so predictable that I just know it's coming, I lose interest. On top of it being bland, on top of the characters being awful, Mm -hmm. it just, again, doesn't feel like there's a payoff because everything feels so predictable. In the very beginning when uh, the group of guys, because, I mean, I guess kind of get into the segments and just kind of give our opinions on each one. The film starts with... A group of criminals, I guess you can say, they're running around making, I think is what it's called reality porn, where they run around and they do like ridiculous, you know, hooligan activities. They're running around (laughs) picking up women's shirts in public and posting the stuff to the Internet to probably try to make money off of it. Right. Um, which is creepy. I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, people going out and they're making this reality porn and posting it on the web at the dark web, wherever it may be, whoever's getting their fix off of this stuff. It's creepy to think about. Um, but just, I, I don't know, like at the same time, it just feels like, like it really wants to be edgy. <laughs> like it really wants to be shocking in everything that it does. And I just, I, it felt predictable. It didn't feel shocking to me. Mm. Um in any way. And when they're like going to this home to get this rare videotape, like they don't know who's asking them to do this. They have no idea what's going on. And I understand it's like a plot device it gets us to where we need to go, but it just seems silly. And I know they <laughs> seem like crazy, idiotic people. So, you know, they probably don't have a decent brain cell that's going to help them, you know, piece this together and, you know, give them a huge red flag, but it just seems silly.
1: And nobody like shows any concern for this old man that's catatonic in the, in this chair. Like, I mean, I get that they're there to do crime. <laughs> they're probably not gonna call the police or whatever, but I don't know, like you're not curious? Like, does anybody check if he's dead? No, they just where's the tapes?
0: <laughs> yeah, they just assume he's dead and just kind of run with it. Um, but I understand. Uh, like, the creepiness and, like, the opening of the movie. I understand, like, what they're trying to present. I understand what it is that they're trying to deliver uh, with these awful, brash, ignorant men who are running around saying the N-word, doing criminal activities, flashing... Oh, we hear the uh, racial slurs at least two or three times in this movie. And is there a person of color in the cast? No, No, there is
1: not. Not a single one. Not that they should be saying it anyways, but, like... Jesus Christ, dude.
0: Right. It's rough. But again, like, I understand that these are... That's who these people are supposed to be. Like, they're supposed to be...
1: Just trashy fucking people who don't give a fuck about other humans because they're literally sexually assaulting people for porn.
0: Yes. Which is, I mean, again, I understand the creepiness behind all of that. Like, I understand how their entire essence of being is terrifying because there's people out there that are like this. So I get it. I really do understand. But, like, we're presented with this ignorance like right off the bat. And then like we move into our first segment. They move into this house. They find the tapes. They start watching them because they're trying to find a rare videotape that they need. And we move into our very first segment, which is called Amateur Night. Um, It's directed by Adam Wingard. And the first... Or no, excuse me. um, It's directed by David Bruckner. My apologies. Uh, But we move into this first segment. And it's three friends um, looking to get some pussy. This entire movie is a Pussy Wagon Brigade because every single story is just men wanting pussy. And it is so hard to sit through. Like I, this is why I don't go to straight bars. This is why straight people, I just give like blank expressions towards especially men because like they're just like so ravenous for the vagina, which is fine. You can be, you know. Thirsty. (laughs) Yeah, thirsty. We're thirsty every week. I get it. I really do. But this is the first of many instances where we're just presented stupid men who are horny and humping things and acting foolish and zooming in on titties. And like to to go from these awful people in the beginning immediately into our first story where it's also a bunch of awful people, I mean, it's a little off-putting. But I will say this is probably my favorite segment of the movie. And I think it's everybody's favorite segment of the movie, to be quite honest. because. They actually made like a full feature or a fee uh, a full length film on this story. It's called Succubus, and it's the same actress that comes back and reprises the creature role. Um, so they definitely were pushing for this to probably be the main selling point of this movie. If you go back and watch the trailer, um, like this is like one of the main stories that it kind of tries to like hype up. So I think this was their selling point with this movie, and I think it is the best part of this movie for sure.
1: Hmm, I remember. <laughs> Um I don't really care for like the creature
0: uh, what? just that
1: I mean I don't know just her demeanor is the main thing it's like i don't I don't know how to take her she just looks i wasn't sure if they like drugged her at first I, I wasn't sure like how to take her right um so like just trying to like catch a vibe with her I was like I'm not really sure what to expect right now and then the very end where she just flies off. <laughs>
0: Oh my god, so that's all we
1: see is just wings and like (laughs) creepy feet. And I was like, What is happening? Like, because I thought whenever the guy came into the bathroom with the bite, Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, zombie, that makes sense. She's like slowly dying and turning into a zombie, but she turns into like
0: a succubus.
1: Yeah, she turns into this creature, just fucking and has no interest in the females, which makes sense because that's
0: a succubi that's what succubi do (laughs)
1: um it's an incubus that likes females i think okay interesting yeah um so it made sense but i was like it just wasn't what i was expecting i was saying like zombies the entire time
0: yeah i was expecting i mean i've seen that picture i've seen her forehead crack open before like i've seen it so i knew that Mm -hmm. was coming but i didn't know i guess exactly how it was going to unfold uh so it's a very interesting story. I mean, they, I guess, at least get a little bit more creative with the camera by putting it in a pair of glasses. So that way, you know, the POV experience is taken to the next level because now we're looking directly at his eyesight. Uh, but yeah, they give their friend, I guess, who's supposed to be the amateur here. Like, I guess this is his chance to get some vagina. Um, at least that's how his f- friends come off. as like they're really adamant about having him record himself having sex. Um, But they run off to this bar, which is the most, like, dingy, like, most grungy bar I've ever seen in my life. It looks like a good time. I would go in there and have a blast, I'm sure. Uh, But it's really run down. It's really old. But, like, they're hanging out. And this woman, uh, who we, of course, come to know as being named Lily, uh, she is so creepy she's just like in the back and a few frames and a few shots just like standing and staring at this man with the glasses until she finally like comes up to him and starts saying that oh, you know i like you in like a very subtle voice it's really creepy so
1: soft so creepy I like it. and i'm like girl i was like what is happening because at first honestly i'm deaf <laughs> so i was like at first i was like what's she doing i thought maybe like she like just didn't speak english maybe at first and like that's all she knew like there was a language barrier but no it's whatever (laughs) uh
0: but they take her back to the hotel with another girl and i mean it's a very uncomfortable watch there for a bit it almost feels like uh i mean definitely feels very uh sexual salty a lot uh one of the girls falls asleep on the bed so his like friends like all like kissing her while she's passed out he does stop. Gets
1: so angry whenever she passes out.
0: Angry is like threatening to punch his other friend who's, you know, high off of cocaine. And so it really is an uncomfortable watch, I will say. Um, which is why I think this segment probably works the best. Uh, because then they all decide to just gang bang Lily, like they all just start taking off their clothes. Um And the nerdy guy in the glasses, as he's presented to us, like gets nervous and runs into the bathroom while his friends are out here with their ass cheeks out. Ready to fuck this woman, Um, and then one of them runs in there. Like Stormy said a bit a bit earlier, being bitten, Um, and she pretty much hits the fan from there. She kills the two guys, um, has no interest in the other girl in the bed, obviously, and chases uh, this man Clint is his name out of the hotel until she corners him in like a stairwell. Um, attempts to suck his dick he doesn't get turned on by it because why would you at this point no
1: like <laughs> 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 says no like then she just looks so confused like why aren't you hard No like.
0: (laughs) I love it. And then he like freaks out and runs away. And then she ends up swooping in and taking him away and killing him as, as we can assume killing him. Mm -hmm. But I think it's great. I think the creature looks scary. Uh, I think like the opening of the head with like the teeth and everything is like really unsettling. Her feet are really creepy as well. Uh, They're very jagged, very sharp. Um, And I think it's great. I think it's a great way to end the story. Uh, I mean, although Clint, as most people in this movie are, is very stupid. Um, He could have ran to the door immediately. Lays on the floor
1: forever, dude.
0: Lays on the floor for the longest time. And it's just like, just get up and just run, sir. But whatever. I was getting
1: genuinely pissed off. I was like, why aren't we still watching him or this succubus just rip your friend's dick off? Like, please run outside. Literally
0: rips his dick off, though, which I loved. Mm -hmm. Love
1: it. Yeah, just cock and balls lands directly beside the camera.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Iconic, I would say. Uh, But yeah, I think it really hits home. I think it really succeeds in what it's doing, this first segment. I think it's great. Um, I think some of the shots are genuinely creepy. I think a lot of it genuinely comes off as being uncomfortable. And the cocky, arrogant men do get their comeuppance in the end. And it's pretty satisfying, I would say. It's just unfortunate then because everything else kind of has like that same energy to it so i think the rest of the movie really kind of drags down the segment unfortunately but on its own if i were just like to watch this segment on its own on youtube or something along those lines i probably would enjoy it even more
1: yeah just a short story i would be all about it
0: and it's definitely my favorite i think out of all of the segments we get in this movie i don't
1: remember any of them i don't remember (laughs) any of the other ones i (laughs) don't care
0: I love it but yeah generally creepy (laughs) Lily is really terrifying I love the entire stairwell scene it really is very scary Um, and yeah and her cries are terrifying and I have not seen this full length succubus movie with her in it Um, but now I'm kind of interested maybe I'll give it a watch but definitely my favorite segment of the movie Uh, definite 3 out of 5 for that segment at least Uh,
1: yeah I'd say a solid 3 that works
0: yeah for sure, just for the ending and the creature design for sure
1: i so i'm <laughs> I'm cheating, and I'm looking at the Wikipedia. um, the next one, the second honeymoon, I do enjoy this one. Um, yeah, as do I
0: I would say the ending is really the best part of it,
1: honestly, yeah, it's a little she's dry. Uh, we get a lot more than what we need. I don't need to see them like arguing over a map. I don't. Need to see him sexually assaulting his girlfriend, trying to fucking pull her clothes off when while she's vehemently saying no, I don't want to, especially while all the cameras on. I don't need any of that. But again, gets the he gets his comeuppance.
0: Yes. So the second segment is called Second Honeymoon, directed by Ty West. Uh, this one pretty much follows a newly married couple, Sam and Stephanie, as they're traveling through Arizona for their honeymoon. And yeah, like Stormy said, I think. At this moment, like watching this segment, it felt so long. Again, like there was so much happening and there was so much dialogue and like it just was boring. Like the there's a, a moment where they're walking and hiking around the Grand Canyon, which nothing happens. Um, I think it's probably a way to just continuously display how awful Sam is and just how, you know, kind of an asshole and how much of a douche he is, which I don't need this much time dedicated to that you can give me one scene of him being an asshole to her and i would want him to die immediately i don't need too much of that because we just got so much of that before in the last segment and with the intro to this movie so i didn't need more of him being an awful man because like i get it i get it i don't need to see too much of it but they do show us a lot of it and it's kind of it's just so long and like the scene like you said where he gets like really touchy with his girlfriend which or with his newlywed wife and like she's just not interested in it like it's an uncomfortable watch and like i'm the type of person where like if like sexual assault is going to be used in the manner to try to present fear in a film uh, i'm just not a big fan of that i don't like it uh it's why like i don't like watching revenge porn films either um just because it just I don't I it it generally makes me uncomfortable and I don't need it to be prolonged like this little segment was but they're initially kind of being stalked I guess by this random individual this young girl who comes up to their door asks uh Sam if he can give her a ride the next day uh very creepy she stands outside the hotels watching them while they're sleeping one night she comes into the hotel um and is recording them she ends up coming back into the room again a second time in the middle of the night and brutally murders uh sam in a delightful way she takes a blade straight to his neck and like we get of course through glitchy effect but we do get to see her like saw through his neck a little bit very mm-hmm. gruesome and it uh soon discovered that she's actually the love affair or she's the love interest of our newlywed wife stephanie so they're obviously like a lesbian love angle going on here and I, I loved that reveal. I thought it was great.
1: Do love that. We'll always root for that. But also, why marry him if you were just going to kill him?
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess that's like the scary part behind it. It was like, they're creepy, crazy women who are going to kill men.
1: Not the crazy women.
0: More crazy women. And this is also the second story where it ends with like a woman figure being, you know, the bad person mm-hmm. in the end, I guess you can say, by killing the man, although they deserve it. But again, it's like the second segment that kind of has like a similar structure to it, although right. presented in a different story in a different way. It's like the same thing, so it's great. Um, truly, honestly, nothing happens in it that's even remotely interesting until the end. It's dry as bones, it's dry as the desert that they were driving through. Um, but yeah. That's it. Points for a lesbian love angle. So, yeah. Yay. Moving on to the next one.
1: Tuesday the 17th.
0: (laughs) Directed by Glenn McQuaid. Um, Awful. I don't know what to think about this one. I think it could be interesting in a way. And I think if you kind of look into it and diving a little bit deeper into it, it definitely feels like a parody of... uh, Say no to drugs, I guess you can say. I mean, the title of the short is Tuesday the 17th. Obviously, a play on Friday the 13th. And Friday the 13th is very well known, obviously, for the no sex, no drugs kind of thing. Um so kind of looking at this story on the surface, it's 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 silly. Um, it's a group of people coming to the woods. Um, to hang out because the main woman who's named is Wendy I think is her name like she's bringing these group of friends or she's bringing her group of friends here because she had a group of friends here before who went missing and died and uh, so she brings them up here gets them high and then that draws out like this weird cyber surfer a me likes to say uh, cyber surfer monster that pops up and kills them in glitch effect nonsense uh, and that's pretty much it and then at the end we're to assume that wendy was possessed by this being after she kind of fought back with it there were some cool things with it i really liked like when it would be showing us something and then like it would glitch out and show like a dead body in that exact same spot
1: oh yeah i do like those
0: i thought it was like really a glimpse cool.
1: into the past type of thing
0: Yeah, I thought at first that it was a glimpse into the future. I thought we were going to be able to see these people die and then, like, they would end up in those spots. That's what I thought it was leaning towards. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely was, like, obviously, yeah, the past. It was showing us what happened the first time around when when they came out here. But I think maybe, I mean, if you try try your hardest to look at it from a deep perspective, it definitely feels like uh, maybe it is playing into, like, the, say, no to drugs kind of thing because, like, they don't start to see this killer or this killer doesn't start to come out until after they smoke the weed Mm -hmm. um and without one character so adamant so adamant about explaining the fear the fear the fear the fear that's associated with smoking weed i don't think this movie is trying at all to try to tell you to not smoke weed i doubt it but this story definitely feels like it was kind of parroting or at least like mimicking mimicking that whole aspect of like weed um and so he was like you know yeah it causes the fear the fear the fear so as soon as they smoke it they all start to like die. Uh, And at the very end, we're to assume that Wendy's being possessed by the thing. But I also feel like maybe since she survived the first time around and she came back out here again with her friends again, maybe we're even to assume that she's the one doing this on purpose. Like, I don't know if she's- She's luring
1: them into it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: And like having, I mean, after she smokes and gets high, I don't know if she has like this weird, crazy- Disassociation, anxiety attack thing where Her Gabriel just, comes out. Her Gabriel comes out and just starts murdering all her friends. I kind of feel like it has that kind of vibe to it. But obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a horror short. We don't get too much information. We're probably just assuming it's some creepy cyber surfer monster. But I think if they kind of leaned into that, that would be a little bit more interesting. And like, again, because on the bare bone surface, you don't get that too much. But if you kind of look into it a little bit deeper, um, it definitely could kind of have like that nuance to it. But It just isn't interesting. And the deaths in this one are not interesting. And I did
1: like the knife to the back of Samantha's head that, like, because it pops her eyeball out. I like that. Okay, you're right.
0: That was pretty cool um but yeah it just it, but even if you're to look at it from like that deep meaning way i mean it just ends again with the woman being crazy and killing all her friends
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: and even then she still comes off as being like the villain in a way by bringing her friends out here to willingly kill them to try to sacrifice or try to kill this demon and willing to sacrifice her friends so even then it still kind of puts her in a, a negative light which
1: yeah, because in the car they say, like, oh, you told me that we were gonna be alone. And they're like, you told me that we were gonna do this. And like all of them are like, uh, and she's like, so I lied a little bit, whatever. I'm like, so, but why are you why are you lying to them though? Like, why did you feel the need to?
0: <laughs> when she looks at that guy and she goes, You're all gonna die up here. And you're like, what?
1: I would be like, I'm going back to the
0: car. I'm leaving, which is
1: why I also feel like she's
0: killing them. I feel like she's the one that is killing them. And I feel like this whole like glitchy thing is something maybe going on in her head. Um, But who knows? It it, it definitely felt like it could be more interesting than it is. Uh, But it just kind of falls flat. It feels a little bit silly. Um, the glitching is, it's just, it's far too much for me in this segment. I mean, it happens a lot in this movie. I mean, it's called VHS. I'm going to expect like weird, grainy footage and like weird glitches. But this one is just, it's too much for me. Like, I can't help but like just want to vomit. But you know what? It's a good time. Um, it has some funny <laughs> little deaths in it. And uh, we do get to see a little bit more man ass in it. So that's always a plus. So
1: yeah, uh, only entertaining part of this movie is that there's a criminal named Zach, and I we just kept calling him Zach Baggins <laughs> the entire time.
0: <laughs> literally the entire time we're watching this movie, we're just calling him Zach Baggins. But I mean, whatever. Guess that's what it felt like. He's walking around this creepy house <laughs> with a camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Tuesday the seventeenth is probably uh, at the time with this one in the last segment for like my least favorite in the movie for sure.
1: Hmm. We can rank them at the end because okay. I'm not quite sure that I remember the next two on
0: What? Okay, the next one I actually really enjoyed Um, for the most part. Uh, so oh, we move on to okay. The Sick Thing That Happened to Emily when she was younger, which is directed by Joe Swanberg. Um, and I I enjoyed this one. Uh, Joe Swanberg is actually the actor who plays um, the husband in The Second Honeymoon. So mm-hmm. he's I think he's very funny. Uh, He's hilarious in your next as well, although he plays like a douche in that movie as well. So maybe that's just his whole aesthetic. He is
1: the brother, right?
0: Yes, he's the brother in your next. So he just kind of really plays like an asshole really well. But he did direct this segment, and I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was going um, in very interesting directions. Again, the budget, I think, maybe hurts this one a little bit because, like, the ghostly effects and the glitching in this one, again, um, I think it kind of disservices the story a little bit. It kind of takes me out just a teeny tiny bit. But I think this one probably was the most disturbing for me.
1: Um, Yeah, I really did enjoy this one. It gives me very much host vibes. I mean, obviously, this came out before host, but... That's what I can compare it to is the video chat, right? The video chat aspect, and because you and I like, we only communicate through video chat and like FaceTime, and so like we constantly talk about like this specific like situation, like what, (laughs) yeah. So I enjoy this one. It's could uh, yeah. Uh, it lacks a little bit but i do think it's probably a budget thing like you said yeah um
0: and i do like that it ends without a woman being i guess like in the villainous aspect of it or i guess mm -hmm. like it ends with you know the male in the story being the antagonist instead of the woman um so that's nice
1: But they also try and sell it as, like, he's only doing it because he loves her, and that was, like, kind of confusing.
0: Well, this whole entire segment also definitely feels like it kind of has a lot of um, commentary, even. I I mean, not that it gets, like, maybe super deep on it, but it definitely has commentary surrounding mental health issues um, Mm. for certain. I mean, the entire i mean the story is called the sick thing that happened to emily which was younger it can only open up you to think oh whoa so obviously something happened to her when she was younger that has caused her to now act in this anxious manner that we're seeing when the segment begins she's very anxious um she feels like somebody's haunting her she feels like somebody's in her home constantly um she's seeing things she's hearing things and her boyfriend um who who we learn lives very very far away apparently um, but he like chats with her almost every day Um, you know, tells her to remain calm, everything's okay. Uh, But he is obviously sketchy from the beginning because anytime something happens or something or she gets injured, he's like, I'll look at it when I get there. Oh, oh, just wait until I get there. We'll handle it then. So obviously instead of like directing her to, I don't know, the fucking police, he's just like, oh, just wait, you know? But uh, I think it's good. I think it's great in um, like the buildup of everything because, I mean, it starts off as feeling like it's a ghost story. Kind of thing, like it, like definitely right. feels like a haunting, and then it like fully develops into like this alien baby pod scenario.
1: They're using her as like an incubator, I guess.
0: Pretty much, and yeah, and her boyfriend is like leading the way, and in the twist at the end, is he's doing it for other women as well. So it's really scary to think about the aliens, obviously using these women and using their bodies as vessels to incubate their babies uh so for this man to come in there then and you know rip up the babies and give it to them
1: uh well her boyfriend like lives in like the next room yeah (laughs) or some shit which is random that was a little weird but but like she never knows it it (laughs) just sucks because like like the whole mental health like subject Aspect aspect yeah um it's just like nobody believes you and they think it's all in your head and like it very well could be but like also there could be fucking aliens but like everybody's just gonna write it off as you being crazy and that's a very frustrating thing not only with mental health but like with being a woman in general because I feel like that's commentary just like on womanhood is like a lot of people write off our concerns as us being hysterical or us being emotional are you on your period like type of fucking write-off whenever there's like outside stimulus that are causing us to act like this.
0: Yeah. So so I do like that aspect of it. Um, I think for horror short, it really delivers on that really well. Again, I think mm-hmm. it's probably, mm-hmm. I think maybe overall, it might be my favorite segment in terms of its story. Um, it definitely mm-hmm. seems a little bit more interesting than like a succubus, although like I like what we see in sec- in the succubus story a lot more than what we see here but I do like the story that's being told. And like you said, I mean, it definitely definitely plays on mental illness and um, just all of that because there's also a portion where it even kind of implies that there's some type of self-harm going right. on as well because at one point she wakes up and she's like this crazy wound in her arm that she's literally like just stabbing at and it's just like really unsettling to watch and then like probably one of the, the probably the one time in this entire fucking movie where i like my breath was a little bit caught in my throat and when she gets up and she grabs like the big fucking barbecue <laughs> things,
1: the biggest thing i have ever seen
0: ready to dig into her arm and i was like oh please let's not do that and it doesn't happen but like Genuinely unnerving.
1: She's trying to dig out her tracking device.
0: A tracking device, which is so creepy. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy to think about. Um, and Her I mean, vaccines. <laughs> literally, she's trying to fucking get out the COVID-19 vaccine, girl. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's really well done. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, I, the scene where he does come in um, and, like, takes the baby from her is really... Drawn out, so drawn out. And like, I get it. He's reaching center of her stomach, but like, I'm like, I can only sit here and watch you with your hand inside of her back for so long, sir. But when they pull out that little baby, it really is unsettling. Obviously, it's a really uh awkward watch, to be honest. There's
1: no blood. Which is weird? There's no
0: blood, but like if aliens <laughs> are involved maybe
1: But we're cutting her open. Like any <laughs> if you're cutting me, I'm gonna bleed. I'm sorry, I'm still human.
0: I, I I mean again, again, I mean give this movie some uh well this segment at least, not the movie fuck. Mm -hmm. giving the movie slack but give this segment some slack because it's the most creative okay (laughs) even on top of its stupidity because he's literally in the room next to her i'm like you don't just hear him
1: girl and he breaks her bones to me (laughs) to make it like believable later that she like walked into traffic like you couldn't have been like oh i fell down the stairs (laughs) like you had to make her walk into traffic
0: I need to know what he did to make it even convincing that this precise incision in her back was a cause of a vehicle accident. We're probably just,
1: just like, she can't see back there. <laughs> Take my word for it, girl.
0: I mean, I guess if he's throwing her onto the street where she gets just knocked the fuck out by a motor vehicle, then perhaps it's just like, oh, a deep wound in the back. Oh, Well, it just, and I, I can understand him just writing it off. But like, if it looks like it was done by a fucking scalpel,
1: I don't know. Mm -hmm. As a
0: medical professional, I feel like you should figure that out.
1: I need to talk to that hospital.
0: Yeah, because, girl, I don't think so. Uh, But in general, I think the story that's being told is really cool. I would love to actually have seen this maybe in, like, a full future aspect. I think it'd be really cool to kind of see, like, her journey. And it start off as, like, a a ghostly thing and then turns into, like, an extraterrestrial thing. Almost like we see with Dark Skies where it kind of feels more traditionally... Uh, like haunted house and then it turns into like an alien thing. I would have loved to have seen that with her and the twist with him being a person who's like working with the aliens. (laughs) He's literally
1: a person, a human gone rogue.
0: (laughs) It's pretty funny. And I think it would have been more, I think it would have been great in a future length film. I also probably would have given it more time to breathe because a lot of it feels like really quick and just a little discombobulated at times. And Mm -hmm. the ghosty effects are bad. Like the ghost kid running around looks bad. Um, the alien girls at the end look bad. I mean, it just looks like they were painted white and like they just added like a glow effect to them. Um, so, yeah, the budget definitely hurts this one, I think, a little bit, but it's probably the most interesting story.
1: Would you talk to my aliens via FaceTime for me? Um, yeah.
0: What if what if one of us was doing that right now to the other?
1: Stop that right now. you yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're just like literally in the closet over there.
0: <laughs> There's an alien right here next to me. I'm like,
1: mm-hmm. you're <laughs> like, yeah, I would love to talk to your aliens for you. And he's like trying to come. He's like right here, out of pay- like, yeah, right. And You're like, not, not right now.
0: <laughs> I imagine, I love it, but that kind of it, it, again, it's really creepy. So I think the segment is really well done. Um, I think it's probably one of the more interesting ones. Uh, and yeah, I mean it was a bright spot in like everything else that i've been watching so far um mm-hmm. the very last segment beyond like the overall narrative framing uh segment is the one called 103198 this one was directed by the radio silence filmmaking team um don't like this one doesn't interest me nothing about it is fun nothing about it is intriguing it's silly it's a bunch of loud men again running around a house um acting stupid and being ridiculous um and getting themselves into this ridiculous psychedelic trip of a haunted house experience and they end up dying in the end so i just didn't care for it
1: i slept to this part i i got to the part where they made it to the party <laughs> and then my brain said you know what you've been holding on too long girl and just
0: no party. It's just like, it just like, I feel feel, like you're gonna, if you're gonna have like an ending segment, like I feel like it has to be big, like it has
1: to feel I feel like they should have switched the last two at least. Or
0: just put the succubus last like that's the most intriguing creature design in this entire movie. It's the one segment that feels low budget but also feels relatively real. Like it definitely has that realism effect to it that the others lack. Um, because of just how well that fucking succubus looks. Like it feels the most realistic. Because then we move on to the second one. Which is great and probably also feels very realistic. It just is very boring. Um, the third one is not realistic in any way. The fourth one is also not really realistic. But it's pretty creepy. I don't know why you don't just end with the succubus. You might as well start with this crazy haunted house. Well, maybe not. Because they probably knew that would have just turned people away, to be honest. Because like if I'm watching this movie and it's a bunch of men. of oh, Just four random guys hanging out supposed to be Halloween night but one of them's like just in a sweater so you know he definitely (laughs) didn't get the memo but they're like walking around this house and like just looking around. I think the
1: sweater one's supposed to be a unabomber.
0: (laughs) Anyways so white people. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But like they're just walking around this house there was supposed to be a party there is no party but they just walk around they go upstairs they hear a lot of creepy chanting in the background so they make it to the attic and it's these group of people who are like What we come to realize is an exorcism. They're trying to exorcise this poor girl uh, because she's been possessed by some type of poltergeist, I'm sure. Um, But they assume these guys are the bad guys. But then these guys, uh, these bad guys, quote unquote, get whipped around. they try to escape and then they're like, oh, no, we have to save this girl. So they go back up and they take her out of the house. And as they're trying to get out of the house, like it really turns into like escape room and like every door is shutting and the windows are closing. Um, Awful CGI hands are popping out of the walls. Uh, Crows and birds are flying around for some reasons. Plates are spinning in midair. And I mean, visually, it is like a fun segment in terms of like if it was like an actual haunted house experience, it would be really cool. But like in a film viewing experience, it just is like At this point, after watching every other segment, I am drained. I am tired. I am unimpressed. I am not intrigued. I would rather be scraping my eyeballs out with a fucking scalpel on my own. Like, it is like, I'm just so bored by this point. And to end it with just like...
1: That? That's your ending? And I
0: was just like, I'm bored. And then from here, we immediately go into the main narrative, uh, the overarching uh, plot, which is um, called Tape 56, which is directed by Adam Wingard. And then we end that by like having all those awful criminals dying, this old man who was dead in the chair, but then disappears for a little bit, comes back to life and kills them all. And that's it. And like, it just was anticlimactic. It didn't deliver any major boom factor at the end. It didn't deliver anything that made me want to come back and watch it anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And I just am happy that I made it through.
1: I'm glad you did, because I didn't. <laughs> I got close. Close, but no dice. I did, re- I did finish, like, the next day. I finished at work in pure daylight. Not that it really fucking made any difference, but just... Uh, it's not... Like I said, it's not often that I straight up want to be like, let's turn this off and watch something else. Yeah. But like after every segment, I was like, let's turn this off and watch something else.
0: After every segment, I was like, let's just switch the schedule up. Let's just do something interesting. Let's talk about a movie that we really enjoy. Uh, We had you know as above so below and wreck is like some options this month which i know are like huge favorites within the horror community people love those two movies and we love those two movies but we wanted to watch something that we haven't seen before and vhs was one of those movies where it felt like oh this is one of those found footage films that people talk about
1: yeah it's kind of topical for right now because like a new release just came out the series so we just felt
0: right (laughs) and it just wasn't and again like Even throughout the shit that we had to sit through, there are some redeeming qualities. The succubus story is interesting. Um, The succubus at least looks really cool. That's really the only thing. I mean, a succubus story isn't anything new, but, you know, it ended on a really high note, I would say. And I was like, okay, cool. And then the... The strange thing that happened to Emily when she was young, I think is really, 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 really interesting. I really, really enjoy that story. It probably was the most unnerving. And I do think that that one was the one that was probably most affected by the budget, unfortunately. Um, Because a lot of it is shaky. A lot of it is really hard to see. And some of the scares really don't hit because again, it's hard to see or it just throws like something really bright and like silly looking at the screen and it just doesn't work. but I think it's good as well. I think it's a bright spot in this. And then everything else just feels so sluggish. And I don't know. I don't know if the other films in this series are as good. I I mean, if this first one is this, I don't have any type of, like, faith, faith in uh, the second one or viral.
1: Mm-hmm. But you
0: never know because 94 is the most recent one and it killed it. I want you to watch that one now because those stories were great. And you'll probably be like, what the fuck is happening? Um, but in a good way, because this was just not it, girl. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, it felt like the target demographic was, like, 17 year old high school boys who would be able to go to school and talk about this crazy movie that they saw and then that I would a be a bunch of st- titties in it a bunch of titties a bunch of crazy shit going on and I'd probably go home and watch it as a 17 year old gay boy and be like what the fuck are the straights doing is this mm-hmm. what they think is entertaining because it's just it's so boring but that's just me personally I'm sure I mean <laughs> we asked on Twitter about like what were some people's like favorite pound footage films and this one did pop up for a few people um, definitely don't want to knock your style or your taste in movies at all because again there's things in in this movie, that can definitely be entertaining, and I can see why they would be entertaining. It just isn't entertaining for me. So um do we
1: want to rank them real quick and we'll yeah. wrap it up for the night?
0: Yeah. So what should we start with the bottom tier then? Or segment to best, or uh, should we do best to worst?
1: We're gonna do worst first, I guess. Ooh, that's a hard
0: one. That worst
1: a tight, first.
0: A tight running between all of them. Um, just kidding. What would you say your worst one is? 1031.98. Okay, I would also say ten thirty one. I did is my least favorite um, out of all of them. I think the story is the least interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I think the payoff is the least interesting, um, especially visually. Um, yeah, so yeah, I would agree with that one. I I don't enjoy it as much. We also don't get not that we really get a lot of it in this movie, but those characters in that segment are probably the least developed. You know, we mm-hmm. get. Um, Just not too much time hearing what they say. But yeah, that's definitely the worst for me. What's your next one?
1: My next, although it does give us the lesbian love, I'm going to say second honeymoon because there's just so much unnecessary fucking footage. I do not give a single fuck about this white man. All I care about is seeing him get stabbed and that's really all I needed. It could have been a very short story.
0: Um, I think I agree. I think that would be the next one because again, it's it's really the most drawn out. Um, and like really the only redeeming quality of it is that ending. Um, it's badass, it's super cool. I love it. Um, seeing him get his neck sawed open like that. was really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and just the kiss with the blood at the end is hot. Uh the fact and that the her lips
1: lesbian... I think it reminds me of the strangers.
0: Oh yeah, very that, very the strangers, but it's not my favorite, but
1: yeah. I think I quoted that when we were watching this movie because they knock on the door.
0: Oh, yeah, and you said it's Tamara home.
1: Yeah, so.
0: Yeah, very Stranger Vibes. Um, but yeah, it's the most strong out, and it's boring. Oh, fun tidbit, though, at the beginning, when she does get her fortune um, from Billy Bob or whoever, she's like, her fortune is that she's going to be reunited with, like, a loved one real soon. So that was a really fun way to start it. and
1: That's cute. I never connected that.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's fun. It's um Interesting. Um, You know, we got a little bit of queerness in this movie, so that's fine.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: But yeah, it's probably the most boring one to sit through for sure. Um, Next for me would probably be Tuesday the 17th.
1: Same. Since when do we agree on stuff? The bit.
0: Glitch effect uh, aside, uh, I think this is the most campy. I feel like this is the most self-aware in what it's presenting. I think it's intentionally silly um the acting feels comical in almost like an on-purpose way um and i mean even the title of it 2017 feels very parody uh
1: mm-hmm. like scary movie ish
0: <laughs> yeah definitely definitely yeah. uh so that's why i kind of forgive a lot of its silliness because i feel like it is the most self-aware but it just again it didn't have like a like a exciting ending or twist or anything really worth noting
1: the cyber Surfer. Could have been done better for sure. Definitely, definitely.
0: Okay. And the top two is kind of tough for me, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I think next would be amateur night.
0: Same. Wow. Okay, same. That would be my second as well. Uh I would say because it's boring. Like the story is so boring. Like there's nothing exciting about it until the end. And although the ending is really, really, really solid. Nothing else about it, like, interests me.
1: So the reason I put it here is because um, the, let me get the full title. Sorry, I suck. The reason I put it here is because the sick thing that happened to Emily when she was younger, I watched between my fingers quite a bit because I was expecting, like, scary stuff. And, I mean, when you watch stuff from between your fingers, like, the ghostly things look kind of scary because I don't see all of, like, all of the silliness. Um, so yeah, that's why I rank that one higher than Amateur Night. I really do like Amateur Night because it's so bloody. Right. Um,
0: We also get a dick that gets ripped off, which is a blast.
1: Yeah. And she just, she just creeps me out. The whole, I like you. No like, no like. I'm like, girl, what? <laughs> in, but yeah. So, um, I just think the Emily one is scarier, um, at least in first watching now I know like it looks silly but like the anticipation's there. there um, yes
0: I agree I was like like you said I was like on the edge of my seat really watching that one um it was th- again like I said a bit earlier as well like it was like the one time where like I was actually you know choking up a little bit I was a little bit nervous every now and then um but yeah overall and like its overall presentation it does fall a little flat
1: and, I, and it, maybe we're completely projecting, but I do feel like there's, like, a deeper meaning, the whole, I feel like it speaks on bigger issues, so that really helps, too.
0: I agree. I definitely think that it definitely plays into the, like we said a little bit, the mental illness discussion or even, like, the negative stigma surrounding it. And, like you said, especially when it comes from a woman and being put in a position where you can't be heard properly um, and even... Maybe a step further being used beyond that, not even just hurt, but your body's literally being used and it's not in your control. It's very terrifying, um, especially if it comes from someone you're supposed to trust so much. Um, so I think it is the most interesting and I'm a sucker for a good alien story because obviously we believe in those little green bitches. So... <laughs> I'm a sucker for it. I love it. Again, I do think that this one probably was most harmed by the budget. Um, I wish the entire budget could have just gone to the short story and we could have just had a full movie dedicated to this and found footage. Because that would have been so fucking badass. Um, right. And it probably would have helped set the precedence for found footage moving forward. But this definitely mm. felt like it. I mean, this movie came out in the middle of like slash or in, in the middle of like found footage romper room buckery like it was happening there were so many found footage films coming out around this time paranormal activity really helped set that in place a few years before this and it it felt almost like a cheap ploy there for a bit which is why i think i was so turned off They
1: still haven't stopped one just got released i mean
0: i haven't seen that one though so i don't know what the aspect of that one is
1: no i'm I, i get it but i'm just saying like Paranormal Activity, the franchise continues to try and, like, push this genre forward. And I don't know that it's really working.
0: I would say so, though, because just last year we had hosts come and do something that was interesting and fun, but also felt somewhat fresh. And it kind of took the unfriended premise and delivered it in a much more interesting and fun way, I would say. So I feel like there is some room for found footage to continue to grow. It just this this movie wasn't it. VH1 or VHS isn't it. It wasn't gonna do that. And it came out again in the time where like there were so many found footage. And I feel like or there were so many found footage films that were coming out so frequently. And I feel like what VHS did at the time, and honestly, I didn't watch it in 2012. Um, If you go back and watch like YouTube reviews of this movie back when it did first come out, people seem to be genuinely unnerved by it a little bit. Um, So I think maybe it kind of just also plays into maybe came in or came out at the right place at the right time. Mm Because I mean, although we were getting a lot of, found footage, a lot of it was like really blockbuster almost, like paranormal activity still felt really clean in this presentation in comparison to this, and right. I think they came in with something that they wanted to feel was very raw, very dirty, really realistic in terms of, you know, these people are pieces of shit because people in the world are pieces of shit, so I, I understand what they were coming from, I again, I think if you kind of take time frame into account that they really were trying to do something different. Um, Just watching it in 2021 for the very first time and after seeing things like Hell House and Creep, in terms of found footage, it is very low for me.
1: Mm -hmm. For sure. I am a little upset that, like, I spent so much time avoiding it. Because I remember, like, because I constantly scroll through Netflix, (laughs) like, the horror movies and stuff. Because, like, that's what me and my mom do is watch fucking horror movies if we spend time together. And I remember, like, we... I don't know why I, I don't remember like looking up any like reviews or anything but I have consistently avoided this movie and I always remember being like oh no that's too scary I'm not, I'm not gonna watch and yeah so I mean I'm a little upset that like that also could have been like a downfall for this movie like for me because I I built it up in my head.
0: (laughs) We hyped it up a lot. I said, sorry, please watch this movie with me. I can't watch it alone. I'm too scared. scared. Right. And yeah, I think we hyped it up and we probably really did expect it to be a lot more than it was. Um, And again, I think, unfortunately, I think us watching it for the first time this year probably really did have a big play on it, especially when we have seen other found footage films before this and since then that... I feel like maybe push it a little bit more yeah. not in terms of what they're showing us. Cause this one definitely feels like it tried to show us really unnerving things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't like fully totally interest me. Like that's why I don't go back and watch like cannibal Holocaust or even the green Inferno. Like I, in terms of my horror viewing experience, I don't care for things that try to push boundaries to elicit a reaction. Cause that's just not what stimulates me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, And this one definitely feels like it was kind of tiptoeing that line and really trying to present some things to us that were supposed to make us unnerving, which made me just kind of roll my eyes because I know what you're trying to do and it doesn't really interest me. Um, It's like
1: whenever you walk into like a very low budget haunt and like you can... Like you said, you can see you can see what you're trying to do, but it's not fucking working. <laughs>
0: right, and again, like, these directors have gone on and done amazing things. Like I mm-hmm. love Ready or Not. I'm so ready for Scream 2022. I love The Ritual. They've gone on and done amazing things. I mean, this was a film that was put together, of course, by Bloody Disgusting. We love Bloody Disgusting. Um, so I really do think that it was a project that they probably, again, probably did put together in a time frame where found footage was easily made for filmmakers um, Mm -hmm. if you had even the budget to make that um, but also at a time where they were really popular Um, so again maybe if I watched it back in 2012 when it first came out maybe if I went into it not expecting it or hyping it up maybe my experience would have been different maybe if I was watching it by myself in my room in the dark maybe that would make me feel a little bit more uncomfortable than it was like in a group viewing experience Uh, but overall it just didn't it fell flat. I'm not going to come back to it anytime soon, I don't think. I am interested, though, obviously, in watching the others because I want to see what else they can bring to the table. Because, again, I enjoy found footage. And there was parts of this that I enjoyed. I just didn't enjoy the overall presentation.
1: So what are we, how many cassette tapes are we giving it?
0: Um, I had a very visceral reaction. I had a very strong reaction when I first watched this movie. And I gave it one and a half stars. Um, but I think in discussing it with you and kind of, like, allowing some of the segments to breathe a little bit in my mind um i can probably sit pretty at a two
1: yeah she's definitely staying at a two because i genuinely have no fucking interest in watching it again ever
0: yeah i don't at all i really don't
1: i i might watch succubus i'm um, maybe but like that like this movie mm, hard pass thank not you not at all
0: even our even though segment i rank one i probably wouldn't want to go back and watch
1: What a way to kick off uh, (laughs) I found footage run.
0: You know what? Whatever. It's perfectly okay. We're going to have a great month. I'm excited for everything else that we're watching this month, wholeheartedly with my entire pussy. I'm excited.
1: Uh, Yeah. You know, we tried new things and sometimes that just doesn't work out. And that's why I get chicken strips at every restaurant because I don't like being disappointed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. Honestly, I mean, uh, last night again i had like a really strong reaction and i was a little bit upset that i watched this movie and that i spent the time to watch it um what's really funny is i was going through Letterboxd reviews and i saw a few that literally said that same thing where they're like i am so sad that i wasted my time watching this movie um but looking back on it i'm always welcome to watching new things i'm happy that i got to finally watch this movie it's been on my watch list since 2012 Uh, So I'm happy that I got it out of the way. I'm happy that I saw it. I'm happy that I was able to form an opinion on it. Um, And that's as good as it's going to get from me this episode. So Sarmie, where can everybody find us?
1: You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us on pretty much every streaming platform, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. You can email us at slash her pod at gmail.com. And, yeah, that was our kickoff to Found Footage Month. Thanks for tuning in, guys.
0: Thank you so much. Next week, we're doing a double feature. We're discussing Creep 1 and Creep 2 because they're both so fucking good, and I just have to talk about both of them together. So, Joseph, we get to see his dick in the second one, so I'm excited to talk about him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to continually ask ourselves, is he hot?
0: Oh, my God. Our entire discussion is going to be, is he
1: hot? No.
0: (laughs) Maybe, but no. (laughs) But me. <laughs> especially in the second one the first one i could easily pass him off as being not hot but the second one i don't,
1: the I turn don't know leg? all oh. right next week next week next week okay okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well bye everybody stay spooky, guys bye, bye.